Sirius XM Sports Podcasts presents Mad Dog's Daily Bite with Christopher Russo. And good afternoon, everybody! He made his managerial de- debut, a uh, debut, I should say, uh, in the World Baseball Classic, and he got a big kick out of that. I watched him every night, or at least I tried to. Um, and uh, we had some fun with it. Uh, he got a little beat there at the end. Merrill Kelly, not the answer. But that's neither here nor there because he does a wonderful job as one of the co-hosts of MLB Network's MLB Central. That airs every morning at 9 uh, to 11. He bounces around on weekends and he's steering his children uh, to great riches down the road. Uh, he loves golf and he's a hell of a good guy. And he's Mark DeRosa. Yes. Yes. What's going on? You're the best, How you doing? doggy. You Why didn't I get a call from you? I wanted you on there. Where were you for crying out loud? Hey, doggy, I, I got to be honest with you. That was professionally the greatest experience of my life. And, and for two and a half weeks, probably the most stress I've ever dealt with on a day-to-day basis. What sort of stress are we referring to? Media? Uh, just, getting people playing just, time, dealing with managers who wanted their players all, not to be used it, too much. All of, all of it. Okay. I think the biggest thing is you walk into that room and you want you want everyone to leave three weeks from from that day thinking you're the greatest guy in the world. But the the, the truth of it is, is if you're the manager, there's going to be two or three guys that don't, that walk away with sour taste in their mouth. It's just the way it goes. And it took me a second to try and delegate power. Um, not be able to do everything, control the room, make sure every, you know, I just hadn't been in that position before and I wanted to make sure everything was perfect. And you ask 18 opinions, you're getting 18 different answers. And then you realize by day three, you're going to have to figure it out. I had who su- amazing, who su- amazing coaches with me. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to that. Who? Uh, it sounds like Tim Anderson. You liked which player that you didn't have much of an opinion of, and maybe even a bad opinion. To- totally blew you away. What kind of guy was? Which guy was that? I don't think I had a bad opinion. I it just kind of enhanced what I already knew. If I had a blank check, I probably would give it to JT Real Muto of the Philadelphia Phillies. The way he commanded that room. Um, watching him work on his craft, catching bullpens, um, the offensive profile is what it is. He can, he can, he can play. But I mean, this is a high school quarterback, a wrestling champ, a leader of men. Uh, just carried himself like a, a, a big time pro. I was taken aback by our catchers. Him and Will Smith were one in one A. Obviously, Trout is as that. Is he a good guy, Mark? Is he a good guy, Trout? Unbelievable, Mad Dog. Unbelievable guy. Honest. I mean, there's the Jersey connection there, and I'm sure that helped to a certain degree. But there was just a constant, the work ethic these guys had, the the want to be there, the want to compete um, was there from day one. And I just remember a conversation I had with Mike early early on, we played the two exhibition games, and I was standing out in Chase Field during a workout, and I was still mulling over how I was going to attack the lineup. Was I going to do it basically, and I'll take a look at some analytics, or was I just going to, hey, these are my dudes, I'm running them out there, and I'm going to ride or die with it. And I remember 
Trout was out in center field talking to Goldschmidt, and I kind of walked up to the both of them and kind of asked them where they where do you like hitting, Paul? Are you a guy that likes hitting in the, in the two slot? Or are you a guy that likes hitting three? Where where do you feel most comfortable? And Mike kind of made it easy for me. He just turned to me and said, D, I know you're in it. We all know you're in it. He goes, but don't overthink it. We're the best position players in the world. Get us up as much as you possibly can and let it let, let us decide whether or not we win this. Day. Wow, that's a good answer. Very good. And it's a great answer. You know what it is, man, dog? It's, it, it's, it's the truth is what it is, you know? Like, get Mookie Betts to the plate as much as possible. Get Mike Trout, Goldschmidt, Nolan, and let's, let's see. Because there was, there was teams that, you know, wanted me to potentially lead off different guys or get a lefty up there to kind of spread out the righty. So there was a lot that went into it. The pitching was almost impossible to get through. We'll get that. We'll get to that in a second. Well, let's let's do it one step, but let's do the positional players first. You don't have to give me any names. How many guys do you have in your roster, Jeff? Twenty six guys. How many guys? Uh, Twenty six. Yeah, thirty guys in the roster. Guys. All right. 15 and uh, how many pitchers did you have? You have about ten pitchers. We had fifteen. Wow. All right. We so needed, out of the we fi- needed twenty two. A lot of pitchers. All right. Out of the fifteen guys on the roster for getting pitchers, be fair. You listen. You're talking to a. This is a radio show now. This is not the Dopey MLB <laughs> Network. This is radio. I listen to you every they, day, doggy. These fans, these fans, you know, these are good sports fans. These fans care. I know. Uh, give them how many, without names, how many were a pain in the ass? You, are, are you going to believe me if I give you my answer? You're going to say none? I'm going to say none. I got along with every one of the teammates I ever played with, and if I didn't get along with you, I just didn't deal with you. They didn't have to. There's too many other people in the room. They, they came in ready to go. From a position player standpoint, there was no parameters, no governors on any of these guys. The White Sox, I got to commend them. For, for Rick Hahn and Pedro Grafal to let me move Tim Anderson over to second base, I know in our world it's not a big deal. But when you got huge dollars invested in these guys, you know that's not an that's not an easy thing to to just. I wanted to. We kept. There's this overriding belief. I didn't hear it, but I just every game we played, we were facing a lefty. It seemed like I don't know if other countries think that left-handed starters give us American players trouble or whatnot, but we faced what appeared to be four or five lefties in a row, and Tim Anderson is. On paper, one of the best hitters we had against left-handed pitching, and I wanted him and Trey on the field at the same time. And you know, Trey wasn't as comfortable or up to the idea of, of moving over to second, maybe as Tim was, or Phillies and White Sox. And I, I just thought I I thought we had to try and create team. I can't just be everybody's best friend and it's your your turn to play and your turn to play. It's it's just not the way that, that WBC's built. One loss and you're gone. So the White Sox allowed you to do that. Okay, how about playing yeah. time? Alonzo doesn't get a chance to play much. McNeil doesn't want to get a chance to play much. Two Mets. Yeah. Was that problematic? Okay, do the Mets real quick. Pete, got, Pete was a little long with his stride. Got off to like an 0 for 10. And it wasn't a hard 0 for 10. It was, he was searching. It's March 12th. These guys are coming off 14 ABs in spring training. 
And I know they ramped up a little bit earlier, but some guys are going to be on the heater and some guys aren't. Look at Trey Turner, five homers. Um, you know, another guy doesn't get a hit. So I thought Pete was pressing a little bit early. He got a huge pinch hit for us in that Venezuela inning where Trey hits the, the monster grand slam. But again, you know, you got the NL MVP and Paul Goldschmidt playing first. He was going to start over him. And my perfect world, I would have liked to have gone one-on-one off, one-on-one off. But once, once we lost to Mexico, we couldn't lose again. And I just wanted the better defender out there. I didn't. I didn't think of it any more than that until Pete started trying to, you know, swing the bat better. I felt like that was the play. As far as Jeff was concerned, it was pretty much the same thing. He kind of got off to a slow start, had a tough game against Mexico, and Tim kind of jump started our offense a little bit. And we were facing a ton of lefties. I just felt like obligated to try and get the hot hands in there. All right, so you try to manage it. Get on the plane to Miami. All right, you try to make sure you get out of that uh, round robin. How about the pitchers? How much did the teams in the major leagues drive you crazy with pitch counts and all those kinds of things with your 15 pitchers? How about that? You you know what? The, The tournament's set up to protect the pitching. So a lot of it is predicated like the first round at 60 pitches, the semifinals at 85, and, and, and on down the line. Um, yeah, every pitcher that we had had parameters that they came with, how, how their teams wanted them to be used, how much rest was in between each time they were used, how many pitches they could go, etc. The toughest problem we had, Doggy, was we had seven starters and eight relievers. No reliever could go back-to-back games. Right. So in pool play, when you play three games in a row, and we had to use six relievers to bail us out of that Mexico game, we only had two available against Canada the following day. So if Lance Lynn gets hit with a line drive in the first inning, Andy Pettit might be pitching that game. You need know, you know, like we were in we were in dire we were in dire straits to try and every night scru- kind of script it out from A to Z. Who was available? Can they, you know, can they get us? Nobody could go back, you know, finish an inning and continue on. I couldn't get guys hot in the bullpen and not bring them in. So it was just this mad puzzle every night with the pitching. Um, major major pro- I think now, down the line, 2026, it's got to change. It's got to In what change. way? What do you want to do? I don't know if, if personal trainers or whatnot have to come with these guys to make so these teams feel comfortable with the way they'll be used. I don't know if there's line shifts in, like in hockey where you bring in five relievers for pool play and then shuffle them out. For, I, I mean, I didn't want to do that because I wanted to create a team. A team. Yeah, right. But, doggy, if I pitch you on Monday and I can't use you again till Thursday and we got two games in between that, it's tough to cover it. Yeah, very hard. All right, uh, this yeah. is a weird. This is a weird one. But I saw the inning, and I know he's now pitching now for Colorado, and I know you're not a yeah. doctor. Okay, is there any link at all? Barred through 26 pitches, he broke Altuve's thumb, and he was terrible in the inning. And you had to go get him. Probably a couple pitches yeah. too late, by the way. You had to go get him. I- 
Hold on. Again, Let me a finish. situation. Go ahead. Cap, go ahead. You finish. Well, that was a situation where we had gotten Graveman up earlier and didn't bring him in. So he was out, right? So I had to get Jason Adam up potentially. And if I don't bring him in, I lose him and we can't cover it. So I was sitting there trying to... If you remember, Andres Jimenez kind of hits that check swing over Bard's head, and I'm like, oh, here we go. Like, give me give me a double play ball. And then he hits Altuve. So I, would, I, I understand what you're saying. I was maybe a hitter late, but there were reasons for being a hitter. Uh, is, there, is there, I mean, I hate to even, I'm, I shouldn't even ask you this, but I thought about this I and I was going. wondering, is there any anxiety issue with Bard right now when he's not I pitching not. based on that inning? What can you tell me? I, I hope not. I mean, certainly, Doggy, um, you know, af- after the Venezuela game, we probably weren't going to use him again. In uh, and, and just talking to him, he was searching for his mechanics. 50,000 people in the stands. He had, I mean, obviously, his history is chronicled where he had dealt with um, the stuff that kind of forced him to walk away from the game for a little bit. So I, I just didn't want him going back down that path mentally. Um, no, I don't blame so you for not using I, him. I, uh, I'm just curious I if that not. inning I triggered. I'm, I'm, did that inning trigger something? That's my point. I, it, def, it definitely shook him up. I'll say that. It, de, it definitely brought, brought, brought some bad memories back to him. Oh, it did. Well, good answer. All right, we learned something there. All right, finally, before we do a little Major League Baseball, now, I got killed for this. Uh, everybody thinks I'm an ogre who doesn't know anything about baseball. Oh, we got to should... take you out back. I read it all. Oh, my God. Dallas Braden, I've done 2,300 baseball shows in the last 10 years. Now I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, I, oh, I don't worry. mind you. I don't mind worry. you disagreeing. I, I... Go ahead. You talk. Doggy, I wait one batter too long against with Daniel Bard, and I was told I, I'm the worst manager in the history of sports. So I get it. I mean, come on. I can't have it. I, I, if I'm not into it, I'm a bad guy. But now the Otani, did you get as wrapped up about this no, <clears throat> quote-unquote no, monumental at that? I saw it coming in about the seventh inning. I turned to Pettit, McCann, <laughs> and Mikey, and Jerry. I said, you believe this? I mean, this is kind of coming down the track where he's going to have to face him. Um, I was more disgusted. I wanted it for the guys. Um, we battled. We got Loop in there, and then Freeland gave us three good innings and kept us in it. And we had first and second with nobody out multiple times. And Trout struck out, and then Goldie grounds into that double play. And about I think that was the sixth or seventh. And I'm like, oh my god, you got to be kidding me! And then when Mookie grounded into the double play in the ninth, I was kind of like, Ugh. was hey, anybody going to hit? Was anybody going to hit Otani? Was anybody going to hit Otani in that? I thought he was just too good. I don't think so. I don't think so. I thought Mike was, and I think he would attest to this, I thought Mike was searching. But a lot of guys were searching for, for that high-velocity heater um, that early in March. I, I, I did feel like once you started seeing him register, like, 99, buck one with the split and the slider, I was like, Ugh, I, this doesn't bode well for us. <laughs> uh, what did you... <laughs> What did you learn about managing? Did you, did you have it in your blood and now you want to do it? Uh, this is a bunch of all-stars you managed and not necessarily the Kansas City Royals. So yeah. what, what did you learn about the experience from you personally about wanting to manage? I learned I could do it. 
I, I, I learned quickly that you have to have a good staff around around you. You got to delegate authority. Um, you got to let your coaches coach and trust them. But at the end of the day, you got to put your head on the pillow at night, knowing that whether you won or lost, kind of indicative of of what you believe in. Um, there were moves earlier in the tournament that I didn't make that I made later in the tournament that that I wouldn't have made had I not gone through the early parts. Um, I felt like the the championship game was actually the most relaxed I felt the entire time I was there. I felt like it just kept I just kept getting more comfortable going out to the mound, taking guys out. It, it's not personal. I wanted them to know that none of this is personal and it's, you know, I know you're all great. I know you're all all stars. I know you all probably had better careers than I had, but I'm the manager of the team and I've got to give the, the 29 guys the best chance to win. So from the strategy, when I went out to get Merrill Kelly in that game, he was not, yeah, he at. was mad at you. He was mad at you. Mark. He, was mad. he was mad at you. Yeah, he was mad, but it was the right move. It was at the right time. And it kept us in the game. And I went and talked to him, and he, he was like, listen, I've just never been pulled that quick. And I said, well, you've never pitched in this with no tomorrow on the line either. So it has nothing to do with what I think of Merrill Kelly. It could have been anyone on, in the mound, on the mound in that moment. Who gives us All the right, best so, chance to So strategy-wise, you think you could do this strategy-wise? And you can handle men. Yeah. You played for 16 years. So you think if the opportunity beckoned with a decent team, you'd make, you'd make the leap to be a major league manager based on this yeah, experience? Yeah, they got to come, come get me, but they got to come get me, but absolutely. And you're not doing it for $600,000 either. So let's, let's, let's put that. you damn right on that, dog. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What is uh, Mark DeRosa? I mean, I, I wanted to get, I, we wanted to get Mark on, <clears throat> uh, on the day of the final, but, you know, and I have a very good relationship with this guy. This guy's a great guy. I and I understand back. he was busy. I, he was busy. Didn't return texts. We'll give him that. Maybe I was a little out of line too asking, but we put that aside. Now, what do we see here? In the first four days of the season, good and bad with teams. Let's do the rules first. It has been All superb. Right. Are you surprised how good the rules have worked out here first couple weeks, first couple days? Let me hear. Uh, um, not super surprised because all the guys, for the most part, I would say 95% of the guys that came to the WBC were all in on it. They were like, listen, this thing's working. It's a little quick. It's going to take us some time to get used to it. Their their big thing was having to be engaged with the pitcher at eight seconds. They felt like that was a little quick. Um, but for the most part, it was a resounding positive amongst the, the guys that, that were there. Wow. Okay. Um, do you think this will – you think this, the stolen bases, uh, the throws over, and the shift? Let me hear your take on those two things. I kind of always wanted the, the shift to kind of I, – I was kind of back and forth on that one. I was like, man, you can't tell a team that doesn't have the same payroll as, say, the Yankees or the Mets. Are you going to tell me now where I can and can't play? can't just mano we mano beat a more talented team if I don't analytically try and get better. So I, I, it took me a second with this shift. Um. I love the fact that, yeah, you'll see more athleticism with the middle infielders. I love the fact that batting averages will go up. What I love is the fact is that you will tell 
five of the nine guys in the lineup that their job is not to hit 210 with 24 homers anymore. I'd like to see you hit 270 with 15 and get on base a little bit more. I think the shift... This shift, this shift, we used it in the WBC. It works, doggy. I had guys standing right where they needed to be standing, and it made me smile. But I, but I completely understand it. What it does is it waters down a lineup. When I came to the Atlanta Braves and I batted second or I batted seventh, there was a rhyme or reason, and I had to set up the big boys, right? Now, with the way they're defending or have been able to defend, there's no base hits out there for these guys no more, and they just want to launch. And then you're telling a guy who can't launch to launch, and then it gets to be boring. All right, so you understand the rules. Right, anything? Yeah, I'm in on the, it. I'm in on it. Yeah, I am too. Uh, listen, I'm with you 100%. Uh, is there anything, whether it's the Phillies, whether it's Seattle, is there a Saint, uh, the Blue Jays, is there anything, and I, I hate to do it after 1.9% of the season, but since I got John. And, of course, you host 9 to 11 on an MLB every night, every day. I figured I'd throw it at you. Is there anything that you have seen against some of these teams who we thought were going to be good that you think are troubling? Uh, too early for me to push the complete panic button. Philly came out flat, completely flat. I mean, the two starters didn't throw the ball great. They had DeGrom on the, you know, they had him on the complete ropes. Um and then they came out flat yesterday against Nestor. That concerns me a little bit. They're too talented. The character of the guys that I had with me, they'll write the ship there, the Trey Turners, and get Harper back. But, no, I don't want to overreact one way or another yet. Uh, I think San Diego on paper over 162 is is going to dethrone the Dodgers. I do oh, you believe do? that. You do? I do, okay. doggy. I just think o- over – the course of a long season, talent will win out. I always, I always say this. I think you can buy the postseason. I don't think you can buy a championship. I think the Mets, the Pods, they'll find themselves in the postseason. What they do with it after that will I think you're right. I think you can buy your spot in the postseason, but then it's a bounce yeah. of the ball. So you like you like San Diego. Seattle. I'm in on San has, Diego. You're in on uh, Seattle hasn't done anything. Everybody loved them. They're one in four, and they got forty nine thousand miles to ride with all these road trips. Yeah, and that's a trickier division. How about the Mariners? What do you see there? I'm in on them. I, I like the Mariners too. I think they're a talented team. I think they 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 put a, a couple guys out on the mound that can pitch to a one. With Castillo and Logan Gilbert and Kirby is going to get hot and have have some big runs. Um, I think position player wise, they obviously J Rod is is a uh, going to be an MVP at some point. But I, I like their I like their pieces. I do. I think they got good good chemistry in that clubhouse. I think the Poto will go after it. I definitely think that they're going to battle for for a wild card in, in that division with, with Houston. All right, Otani, um, he doesn't seem like he's going to be with the Angels too long. You saw him, no, is he this, is Otani this, you know, he's not Babe Ruth, please. <laughs> Enough of this, that drives me nuts. Doggy, we're going to have this fight, but. Oh, come on. A baby hit 715, what, what, home, 714 what, home runs. I mean, not only no, that, he won I, I 94 games. He won 94 I, games in the big leagues with a two-something ERA. I mean, enough. But anyway, how good is he? You saw him firsthand. Let me hear. I mean, I think he's. You can argue that he can, he's going to have a chance to be the greatest player of all time. Doggy, we had on Alec Manoa today. 
on the show, the number one starter for the Blue Jays, and we're talking to him, and I go, Alex, picture this. You're the number one starter for the Toronto Blue Jays, and now tonight you're, you're hitting third in the order, and you're going to hit 45 homers for us and have a 900 OP. Like, it doesn't compute. Yeah. Uh, that's where I'm having a hard time. It's like he's doing what every big leaguer did at 12 years old in their town little league. Like I pitched in my town little league at 12 and was dominant and hit and, and then that kind of goes away (laughs) and he's continuing to do it at the top of the top, top, top of it. Number one starter and arguably a top 10 hitter in the game, wrapped up into one player. I mean, you can tell me Babe Bruce, but you give me five more years of this. You love him. All right. Um, last thing. Not. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I know how great he is. He's, you know, I get and it. I'll but... say this. He went through three. Jeff McNeil slapped an amazing AB on him, worked at three. Yeah, that was walk, strike. By the way, that was strike. That was strike three. That ball's Nick... down. Nonsense! That was strike three. You got to swing at that three-two pitch. Leading off the ninth. Anyway, three, go ahead. Three MVPs in Mookie, Trout, and Goldie coming up, and he didn't look like he broke a sweat. Like the yeah. moments, irrelevant. He's just, he's just trusting it. You love him. All right. Uh, last thing on the injuries: Diaz, Altuve. You want to throw Bard in there? Freeman. Quintana, and there's a lot of guys who got hurt who are, you know, are participatory uh, in this WBC, especially the Mets, who may have had yeah. their season ruined. And Altuve is out two months, two and a half months, whatever it might be. Is it still worth to have it? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I- I'm not kidding you. In 2009, I did it as a player, and it was the second time it had ever been done. And I don't think we realized kind of what we were doing or getting into doggy i've been fortunate in my career with the postseason with a lot of great teams went to the world series with the giants in 10 been in a lot of big environments that game against venezuela was a world series game that game against japan had the feeling of a world series game they do it's it's real i get it from the parent clubs they have investments it's huge that's why there has to be some type of work with the Players Association and USA Baseball to get these teams to, to, to trust and lay down or whatever it needs to happen because the it, WBC has a chance to get real, real special. Like kind of World cup It really does. Yeah, I'm not sure. You're not it's buying a gimm- it. It's a little gimmicky to me, but I will say this. I will be fair. It created, that in the rules, created unprecedented momentum for the start of the year. Going into the year. It did. I'll, I'll say that. That's fair. Doggy, when Trey Turner hit the Grand Slam against Venezuela, did you get out of your seat? I watched it. And that was the best. And remember, that was Arkansas-Kansas that night. <laughs> with Arkansas beating Kansas. And I watched Congrats, it. Congrats, Danny Hurley. That had yes. to feel good for him. Yeah, good for Hurley. Good for Hurley. All right, good, good job him. there. Good job. We'll see you tomorrow right. morning. Do a halfway decent job, huh? I love you. Pepe. You know All that. Right.
Want more Chris Russo? Listen to Mad Dog Unleashed weekdays from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern on Mad Dog Sports Radio, Sirius XM Channel 82. Mad Dog's Daily Bite is part of the Sirius XM Sports Podcast Network. If you've enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts.